You're listening to the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I am your host, Calvin Jones. Now, let's get it. Shut up and sit down. This is the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I am your host, Calvin Jones. This is a show where we're going to talk about all things geeked out and freaked out in the Geek Multiverse, ladies and gentlemen. Alright guys, so today's show has five topics, okay? So I got some pretty cool news to talk about in, you know, the geek universe, right? Geek multiverse entertainment. We got some pretty cool stories. I got five stories for you. All right, so the first one, we got Ant-Man 3 is, well, we already know that it's going to be happening, right? But now we know that this is a big major thing because Deadline reported that Jonathan Majors, now he's one of the actors. Uh, he's been in the. Uh, he was in the uh, the Five Bloods, with the uh, late great Chadwick Boseman on uh, Netflix, but he's also in a show on HBO Max right now called Lovecraft Country. I think it's what you call it, Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, I, it's Lovecraft Country. I, I'm I'm watching the damn thing. And I don't know the name. It's Lovecraft something other. I'm on episode three of the show, and so I'm mixing up. It's funny. This guy is getting old. My God. I remember I was in high school. Now all of a sudden I'm this guy that's pushing into his 40s. Next you know a 60 is going to be here. And then 80. And it's like then I want to remember who the hell I am. <laughs> Those years are coming. They're coming fast. But hey. Yeah we're going to talk about that. Because he's got a particular. You know this is going to be a cool story. Because of who he's going to be playing. It starts with a K. And it ends with Conqueror. And that's with the MCU. So you know who the hell it is. But we're going to talk about that. Season 2 of The Mandalorian. They just had a trailer. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And how excited I am for this damn show. And also there's a little bit of drama going on behind the scenes. So we're going to talk about that. Now I'm, I'm going to be just say straight up. I don't know for sure if any of this is real. Alright, I do not have a bunch of people leaking me anything. I'm slow, I'm small time. I'm lucky if there's even five of y'all listening right now. I have no illusions of grandeur right now. I hope that it picks up in time. But as of right now, me starting this show, I, I, I thank all five of y'all for listening. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I, I can't guarantee this is real, but it's just a rumor. So we're going to put this under the rumor report. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. The Mandalorian and some of the supposed issues behind the scenes on season two. Um, also, there's some more drama in um, film. We got Ray Fisher has been saying some pretty incredible stuff about Warner Brothers. He's been basically keeping it 100 on some things that went down with um, while they were filming the, um, you know, the Snyder Cut or I guess different. Well, I would say the Snyder Cut, but just the reshoots of the uh, Justice League for theaters. So he's called out Josh Wheaton. He's called out uh, Jeff Johns. 
um yeah there's very interesting stuff that's going on with there but then here, here's the the big part of that that's really cool is that jason momoa is taking his side and supporting him on this and apparently there was some very interesting thing that happened where they're trying to do a pr thing because they see that jason momoa apparently is you know standing up for his homeboy you know and they look like they're pretty good friends you know and for him to stand up for him like that that's pretty good so we're going to talk about that a little bit same thing you know i know they're definitely beefing you know ray rick fisher is definitely talking about some stuff that went down and he you know he has the right to speak his mind he's pretty brave to do it because i mean you know you're taking on this mega corporation and the idea is you know he would like to i'm hoping do movies with them in the future but he has to call them out if he thinks they're doing wrong so i respect that we're going to talk about that that's going to be story number three and then you know this is kind of um it's not really not current but it's something that's still relevant because they're working on it still apparently it hasn't been completely dead because you know at this point when i hear that a movie is in development hell they were saying the same thing about the flash movie and here we are now all these years later when they first announcement now we got a flash movie coming it's definitely happening sometime in 2022 they ain't just talking it's going to happen they did this panel on fandom i mean it's gonna happen so i'm gonna be talking about um robocop there's a movie project they're working on called robocop returns so i'm going to go into a little bit of detail about detail about that and uh, is robocop even still relevant in today's world because they tried to do a reboot back in 2014 so i personally didn't i you know I, i'm not gonna say i disliked it but i'm not gonna say i liked it all that much either i mean it was okay they gave it the best shot and um it just didn't work well, you know, it wasn't complete crap, but, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, um, I'm going to be doing a review of uh, episode five of season two of The Boys. You know, got to do my review on The Boys, man. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. Here's what I'm going to do. As I'm shooting this, recording this, these are shows that I'm going to put out every Friday. I'm thinking what I might want to do, because I might make Monday a show where I actually put in a, a show together there too. Because you know what I really want to do? If it comes out every Friday. If I put out a show on Monday. And did spoiler talks about the boys. To me. It's not really like um, it's the end of the world. Because Friday. Then you got Saturday and Sunday. That's plenty of time. And a lot of people spoil them right around that time anyway. So you know. I can give spoilers and talk openly. So I think that's what I'm going to start doing. On Fridays. If it's like the brand new episode, I'm just going to do a non-spoiler review. Then come Monday, I'm going to talk about everything that I saw openly. So that's what I'm going to do. So at the end of this show here, um, just keep in mind, we're going to be talking about that. And um, got another uh, versus battle I'm going to be doing. All right. You know, stay tuned to the end because, look, I'm doing a little series here. Every show, I'm ending it. Until the end of the season two of The Boys, I guess. Well, or until I find out, you know, round up the seven, right? Because what I'm doing is some of the characters that are most prominent in the show, I do a versus because, you know, basically the seven is kind of a darker version of the Justice League, right? And some of the different characters. I've already done Homelander and Superman, <laughs> the comparisons and who would win in a fight. Um, so I want to do this in this one, Flash versus A-Train. Okay, so I'm going to be doing that at the end of this show. Um, stick around if you want to hear it, because I got some pretty cool things I'm going to talk about. My opinions. 
and then um also um that's it i mean you know i might even do it i don't want these shows to be super long because you know i feel like a lot of the audience like unless i was doing like you know in, in the future if i'm doing like a live stream on youtube what i might do is um I might do these live streams and turn those into a podcast because the thing is I can get a little bit more interaction because right now I'm just talking about certain topics and I'm thinking, you know, an hour is a pretty good amount of time, you know, any more than an hour. And it's just kind of, it's like, I'm just basically trying to fill content in the void and I'm not trying to do that. So I might do one other little topic at the end, depending on how I feel, or you might just get a surprise where I say it, but Hey, I say a lot of things, you know, doesn't mean i'm gonna do it but <laughs> we'll see it, it depends how i feel at the end of this but i might throw in a little bonus in there all right so we got the these little uh topics here that's um five topics right all right so let's get started with this first one ant-man 3 actor jonathan majors allegedly we know he's definitely gonna be in ant-man 3 he's gonna be he's in talks to be the villain in the mcu ant-man 3 movie right now, Deadline has sources that are saying that he might be playing Kang the Conqueror. But here's the thing. Marvel has not, you know, confirmed this, but are not exactly denying it either. So we're going to get a lot more news about this in the future. But the interesting thing about it is, is it me? I mean, it's pretty obvious where they're going with this. You're not going to introduce... Kang the Conqueror, unless he's going to be the next big bad guy. It's either going to be some, sometime either phase four, they're going to finish up with him, or what's going to happen is they're going to go into phase five. But Kang the Conqueror is a major DC, excuse me, DC, a major Marvel villain. All right. So just off the top of my head, you got Thanos, right? He's His story arc is done. You have um, Doctor Doom. They got the rights to that. You know, he's a Fox. You know, he was with Fox, but since the Marvel owns Fox now and their properties, maybe one day they'll get into Doctor Doom, right? Bring in the Fantastic Four. But um, another villain would be um, this Galactus, but I don't know if they'll do that, but you never know. But the thing is, for them to make this announcement in Ant-Man 3, which is very kind of an interesting choice for a movie, to be honest. I mean, Ant-Man 3. So we're basically taking, um, <laughs> we're going to take the character of uh, Scott Lang. So Scott Lang, not even Hank Pym, but even if it was Hank Pym, it doesn't matter. Ant-Man versus Kang the Conqueror. Guys, it, it's just pretty simple what this is. What's going to happen is he's the major villain, but he's not going to be in his major villain persona because I don't know how they're going to do it, but there's no contest. Kang the Conqueror would crush Ant-Man like, well... This pun is intended. A damn ant. He would crush him it's easily. It's not not even a a, a a contest because even if he made himself giant man, right? Because he can shrink small and become big, right? Even if he does that, it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna give you some of the stats now. But first off, before I even get into the stats of the just the power level and all the things that make Kang such a threat, I'm just gonna go into this. It's great that they have an up-and-coming actor, Jonathan Majors, because he's a great actor. You should, seriously, when you get a chance, they're on episode, like, I think six or seven at this point. I'm only on three. You really need to check out this Lovecraft Country show. It's 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 different. It's kind of a supernatural type show, but they deal with, um, you know, it's black folks 
in the 1950s during Jim Crow, right? And, you know, Jonathan Majors is playing the major, you know, character. He's the, the main character. There's a bunch of, you know, other people, but he's the main guy, right? He's one of the main characters in the show. And the thing is, I mean, you see him in the show, and he's pretty damn good. I, I, I like him. And so for him to be in this show, I mean, he's up and coming for the MCU to say, yeah, let's get this up and coming guy and bring him into the MCU because we want someone to play a major villain moving forward. Because here's some of the stuff, and this is why I think that Ant-Man 3 is basically just going to introduce Kang. And then what they're going to do is with Kang the Conqueror, he's going to be start, they're going to start to introduce him in some of the um, post credit scenes in some of the movies moving forward for phase uh, four. Because here's some of the stuff that Kang and Conqueror has, right? First off, he's from the like the 41st, 40th or 41st century, something like that. It's ridiculously far into the future. So he can manipulate time. He's a genius level intellect. He's got a like a military strategist as far as uh, mind, right? He is aware of time. He's a scholar of history. So he probably knows about some of our heroes in the MCU better than they know about themselves because of the fact that he's a scholar. He knows about this time period, the 21st century, right? And then there's his technology. You know, he has four fields, right? So even the Hulk has trouble beating through these damn shields or whatever and the thing is he has you know projectile projection weapons right he has his combat armor which basically gives him the ability you know he's not as strong as the hulk or whatever but it gives him a little bit of physical ability to do some things you know as far as i know just research him mean, i think he's even got a little bit of hand-to-hand combat skill right so he's a very comparable villain right and the thing is he has like an army he's you know a a, a a a a king in the future but he's been on earth many times in the past so you know hopefully they'll play around with this right because the thing is and i'm, I'm gonna say this you know shout out to robert burnett of the uh, burnett network youtube channel right i follow him and listen to him on youtube and uh he's actually on uh with john campia on john campia show too but i i, I like robert's content because i like what he has to say about star trek he's you know i agree with him on like a lot of the stuff but um i think because he had a pretty cool theory and i want to throw this out there because i you know i'm not giving myself the credit for this i, I said robert's the one who came up with this on the john campion show i think it's a pretty good idea so kevin foggy has already said that even when they bought the rights to a lot of the fox properties you're not going to probably see the x-men fantastic for any stuff for probably four to five years because he's already knows ahead of time, even when they were buying the Fox properties, he's got a plan in place. Doesn't mean he might not incorporate some of this stuff. Because me personally, I don't think it would be that hard to incorporate the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Not at all, in my opinion. But look, I'm not Kevin Foggy. All right. But um, what I think that they're going to do in the future is I think that I, I think that Kane the Conqueror is going to be he could be what introduces mutants into the mcu right because there's only a couple ways you can do it man because the thing is you know when you have a character like wolverine who basically is damn near 200 years old right you're you can't just have a character like that just you know all of a sudden mutants are just a thing and they just exist and so all the backstory of this guy who's like 100 plus years old you're gonna just get rid of that that'd be a stupid idea because him his healing factor the claws and 
Weapon X, but not only that, the fact that he was around in the 1800s, that's a big deal. And that's part of his character. So if they just did something where, you know, um, I don't know, if, if they did something where somehow some experiment goes wrong and then all of a sudden now we have mutants everywhere, that I don't think that would work. All right? I don't think that would work. But that second option, you know, I just mentioned that first one. The second option would be this. What if, you know, Kang, because the thing is, Kang the Conqueror, I think is uh, one of the names he's had in the past because he's, he was in ancient Egypt. And there was even some stuff he was, you know, he did with um, in, in some of the comics, which worth looking checking out, right? Um, he was around in ancient Egypt, and I think his name was, uh, I'm going off of memory here, because I, I don't feel like pulling this thing up and looking it up on the laptop, but Rama Tut, and I think it was the name he went by in ancient Egypt, right? So, there you go. This is a guy who has been on Earth different times at different time periods, so you can play with that. What if, and this is a simple thing. This is what Robert was saying. I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit, but this is, this is, this makes the most sense. This makes the most sense. What if he manipulates the human genome in the past and he is what leads to the MCO, MCU creating their version of mutants, but also their version of apocalypse, right? And then maybe later on apocalypse, of course, They'll bring this up in the um, X-Men movies in four to five years. I think that's a possibility, man, because, you know, it just makes the most sense. Because you got a guy that manipulates time, and so he goes to the past, and he's a god there, right? And so maybe he uses his superior technology to create mutants for his future army or something. I think that would be pretty cool. A third option would be, and I just don't see this. I think the I, I think the MCU literally is going to probably be around for 20 years before they decide to reboot. I bet you they won't reboot this damn thing until like 2030. Why, why, why would they? But sometime around 2028, 2030, they're going to probably reboot everything. And so that's where the third way they could bring the X-Men and mutants is completely redo the MCU. Completely start over new actors for new parts and just go from there and i think it would be done you know just rinse and repeat what worked the first time just do it with different actors and also do it with because you know, you're gonna have to anyway by 2030 a lot of these actors are gonna they're, they're pretty much aging out all right to me by 2030 you know tom holland if he's still spider-man even for sony he's gonna be like old as old as dirt at that point <laughs> you know he'll be like in his like mid 30s maybe early 40s I, I got to think about it. I'm not sure how old Tom, he's he's like 25 or 26, I think now. So the thing is, you know, a lot of these actors by that time, you know, it's going to be time to kind of just, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of pathetic if you, know, it's like if you, if Tobey Maguire were still playing Spider-Man right now, would you believe that shit? Be honest. You wouldn't believe that. All right. Cause he don't look like he's in his damn twenties now. He, he's always had that boyish look or whatever. But at this point, his genetics have definitely started to catch up because he definitely looks like an older man at this point now. He still looks young-ish, but I think Tobey Maguire is like pushing into his like 50s at this point. So if you saw Tobey Maguire still playing Spider-Man, you would think that's pretty pathetic. So there you go. So that's the third way they could bring mutants in, you know, in, into the um, MCU in the future is just have Kane the Conqueror create them from in the past and just play around with time travel. But yeah, I think, I think that Kane the Conqueror is the new bad guy for Phase Four of the you know of marvel's mcu i i really do believe that and so whatever he does in ant-man 3 it's not going to be the part where you know um they're just going to kind of introduce him 
And then he's not going to be a major, major as far as impact because the fact is, like I said, with all the powers and abilities, Ant-Man would get his ass handed to him. That's all I'm going to say about that. So it's a very interesting, you know, movie to put him in, but whatever. Hey, I'm not Kevin Foggy or all the other folks at Disney and, and Marvel, so I'm going to leave it at that. But um, there you go. Okay, so topic number two. Let's move forward. Saw the trailer for The Mandalorian Season 2. And I kind of say that it looked pretty cool. I mean, I, from what I saw, I mean, I was really, really impressed. And, you know, the show starts back up in October. So, I don't know, the boys might still be going on by then. I'm not really sure how many episodes this season is going to be of the boys. But I think that it might be done by the time The Mandalorian starts. And thank God I'm going to have something cool to watch after the boys. Because... I, I love The Mandalorian Season 1. It's a great show. And with all the stuff that they got, that I'm hearing that they're going to introduce, because it, it was so clear as day. I saw, um, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was in, um, um, well, the MCU on uh, Netflix. I remember I can't remember the actress's name, but she was in um, uh, a lot of those shows. She was in Daredevil. She was in, um, what was another show? She was in Luke Cage, of course. I think she was um, in the Defenders at one point, and she was even in. Uh, she, she, I cannot. I wish I remember her name, but the fact is, she is playing. Um, um, Lord, I'm gonna mess up this name because I'm terrible at names. But she's a, a major Star Wars character, right? She was in the uh, uh, Clone Wars cartoon series, and she was also in the uh, Star Wars Rebels. I guess Akosha Tano is that how you say it? I'm probably butchering that, but. The actress that you know what I'm gonna look that up. I, I'm I'm doing all this in real time. I'm I'm literally on my laptop recording, but also I'm gonna look this up because I want to see this, right? Let me see this actress's name. I'm gonna type this up. You can probably hear everything, right? So let me see. Cause this is gonna like my OCD is gonna kick in on my little nuts. So there you go. So, all right. Rosario Dawson. All right. From my understanding, she's playing uh Kosha Tano, right? So it was pretty obvious in the trailer that that's, you know, I saw the little reddish, you know, orangish skin, right? And so I seen the actress playing this day. So there you go. She's, you know, in the show. And so I think it's pretty cool. So what I saw in this was, hey, man, um, some of the stool stuff that I saw was apparently, okay, so there's someone that tells him that basically he has to take the child to its people. And the thing is, we don't know a whole lot of stuff about Yoda's people. You know, there's different, you know, species there's yoda himself and then there was a female um from his species that was also a jedi and i forget how do you say her name is yodo yado or something like that but um she's a part of canon you know she was in the um she didn't really have a taking a, a speaking part from what i remember but she was in the prequels where you actually see a female you know part of um yoda's um species so um she was there and, uh, you know, it, it might be interesting to see if, if, if you know, because we already know they're doing this High Republic comic book series and they're going to do movies. So I wonder, because her species, you know, her and Yoda's species is such a, you know, long-lived species, I wonder if they're actually going to be, uh, if they're going to feature her at all. That'd be kind of interesting. But look, I'm psyched for the show. I'm, I'm, I'm super psyched because the thing is, you know, um, I, I like the action in the last season. Um, I like this kind of this little, you know, fatherly role that this Mandalorian warrior <laughs> bounty hunter is taking on. 
to take care of this powerful Yoda species like being. So look, I'm super psyched for this. And um, but you know what else I want to see too is I want to see because you know the way they ended the last season with um um damn you know I don't I, I don't want to mess up this brother's name I think it's how you say it Giancarlo <laughs> uh, Espedizo I'm I'm sure I butchered that the guy who plays Gus in Breaking Bad well if you know anything about the Star Wars lore and if you watched the um, uh, Rebels a little bit you know there's something very special about that black lightsaber that he basically had that was a lightsaber okay now it's a very i'm not really getting into a long-winded speech or anything but all i know is uh i saw something on entertainment tonight where he was like a little interview where they were talking about how he actually might have abilities and of course when you talk about abilities what else is he talking about except for the force so that should be interesting so you know there's remnants of the empire that are still around and you see that in this second trailer so i'm psyched for it i think it's gonna be pretty cool now let's move on to apparently some of the drama that might be happening behind the scenes. Now there's no way to confirm this. Like I said, I don't. I'm always going to talk about it. You know, all all five of y'all that are listening, thanks for listening. But you know, I don't have any insiders. All right, I ain't got no insiders to confirm this. But it is fun little thing to talk about rumor. You know, Hollywood. It's always cool to know and speculate. You know, it, it, and it's pretty bad. But it's just that's just part of the this mystique that famous people have is we always want to know what's going on behind the scenes is it true if there's drama if there's beef if there's this if there's that so let me talk about it the fact is apparently there's some been some drama behind the scenes with pedro pascal i don't know if this is true but my understanding is and the thing is um there's a youtuber grace randolph right Lover or hater, she's had. I mean, dude, you can't. I'm. I'm. Look, lover or hater. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's wrong. She had Zack Snyder on her show, and she interviewed him. So you gotta respect that. You gotta respect that. Ain't, ain't, ain't there ain't too many PR people on YouTube and on the internet or whatever. Yeah, we could talk all the shit we want, but guess what? You didn't interview Zack Snyder, so shut up. So anyway, here's what she said. Or apparently, this this is what's being leaked, and this is something she was talking about. Right, but apparently, the Pedro Pascal was at some point he was walking off set. He's mad because the thing is, he wants to have his face seen more. But the thing is, he must have forgot what the hell he signed up for. If this is true, of course, you know, this is all rumor and speculation. But if it's true, dude, you literally weren't even there for half of the first season. It's like you did some voiceover stuff. I didn't even know this when I heard this, it tripped me out, and it makes sense because, dude, they all do this. Robert Pattinson in the Batman is not always going to be doing his own stunts. So literally you did a voiceover because you didn't have the Mandalorian suit on. Sometimes you had it on. But for the most part, he did the voiceover stuff. Dude apparently wanted more money. And then dude wanted to have his face seen because he didn't like the idea of wearing the mask all the time. But it's like, that's what you signed up for. And the funny thing about this, just to keep it 100, you know, I don't know if any of this is true. But if it is... You know how easy it would be to replace him? You don't see his damn face. And that's the mystique of the Mandalorians. They don't. You know, it, it kind of happened a little bit with... Um, now, it's part of canon, right? And this is uh, Star Wars Rebels. So, Sabine, the character that was a Mandalorian, she didn't always have her... You know, you, you saw her face a lot of times. And even in some of the episodes where they had the Mandalorians and they were actually on Mandalore, um, yeah, they didn't always have their mask on. But... 
it is a part of Mandalorian culture. And Mando is a Mandalorian by adoption. He adopted and was taken care of by Mandalorians. And so he's adopted that lifestyle. And so he doesn't allow for the messages to be off and for everyone to see who he is. Now, is that something they can work on later on? Because if, if, if Star Wars Rebels is a part of canon, it's not as if they can't do it. It's just, it's too damn early. This is just the second season. So he needs to have some damn patience. And then honestly, dude, if they ain't showing your face, that's okay. It'll happen eventually. Because the thing is, even if you don't want to work that day, just do the voiceover and just have the stunt doubles come in, dude. So if there's any truth to this, he's completely and totally full of it. And it's just one of those things where actors think they're they're self-important. I mean, I like him. You know, I thought he was pretty cool in um, Game of Thrones. But um, look, man. Dude, if you're barely in the show and you're doing just voiceover work, no, they don't need to pay your ass more money because you're easily replaceable. Easily. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I, I don't know if there's any truth to this, right? But if it is, dude, sometimes these guys got to stop breathing in their own damn farts. You know, it's like they farting and it's like they're sniffing it as if it's crack cocaine or something. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love the smell of my own farts. Mm, yeah. It's like they think they can float on the sky and in the air. And they're, they're so amazing. Oh, I'm so amazing. I'm so wonderful as an actor. You're human just like everyone else. Stop being a dick. That's all I'm going to say about that. If it's true. Like I said, this is a rumor. I don't know if this shit is true or not. So don't take that as the gospel truth. Alright, so... Move on to some DC news. Ray Fisher... Has got beef... With Warner Brothers. I mean, he's giving them that work. He, he is clowning them. He is talking about them and keeping it 100 he wanted an investigation into the incidents that he's alleging. He's alleging, of course, that there was some, you know, disrespect coming towards the actors from some of the people in Warner Brothers. For some of the reshoots for um, Jeff, um, for um, Josh Whedon when he stepped in to, you know, for Zack Snyder because of, you know, Zack Snyder's, you know, unfortunately his daughter committed suicide. So he had to leave for family reasons, right? So Jeff or J Josh Whedon took over. And apparently he was an abusive jerk, according to uh, Ray Fisher. And anybody, I even saw something, you know, there's all these different stories. I'm trying to keep up with it because he even said something about um, he, he, he basically said that, you know, because, you know, you, there's the the Titans cyborg. No, no, not the Titans. Excuse me. The uh, Doom Patrol. There's an actor that plays, you know, cyborg in that show. And so basically he was talking about, you know, this is Jeff, uh, J uh, Jeff Johns, apparently was talking about how cool, you know, he basically was doing a comparison to that version of it. And it's like, dude, you have your TV stuff and you have your actor right there. So you're going to diss him? Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what the brother said. And, you know, this is one of those things where I don't know if this is a publicity stunt. But here's the thing. He's got support from Jason Momoa. And Jason Momoa is putting himself out there and saying basically that, nah, there needs to be an investigation. Some things were done. And this basically, he, he's, he says this has got to end, right? Now, he said this on um, Instagram. And the thing is, Jason Momoa is a pretty principled dude because, you know, they want to eventually shoot uh, Aquaman 2. But. 
this dude, you know, and, you know, I hope it doesn't happen or anything, but he says if he has to, you know, because I, I, basically, if you know what's happening, there's in, in Hawaii, he's from Hawaii, and there's some kind of uh, ancient structure and land where they're building some kind of a telescope, and, you know, it's kind of a sacred land, and so he doesn't think it should happen, so he's basically protesting that. And so the thing is, you know, he, I don't think it's going to be, you know, I, I think he'll probably still be able to shoot the movie or whatever, but just the fact that he's standing up for something he believes in, that's a big deal. So he loves his culture and his people in Hawaii, and he's going to stand up for their sacred grounds, and that's a big deal. That is a huge deal. So for a guy like that to come out and support Ray Fisher, you got to respect that. Because this is he said, and... It said, because, you know, Warner Brothers is not a person, you know, it's a it's a corporation, right? But, um, I don't know, man, it's, it's looking really interesting because the thing is, more and more stuff is coming out and it's looking crazy. Crazy. And the thing is, you know, they're going to have to do some PR stuff because the thing is, you know, one thing they could do to appease Ray Fisher is, well, first off, launch a little investigation and just be, be honest. Just say that, yes. We could have been a little bit more professional. Just do a public apology. Stop being proud. If you know that Josh Whedon was an asshole on the set, just say that. And Josh Whedon, they should force him to make a statement. If he don't want to make a statement, well, then I guess the only thing we're going to remember about him is the Avengers 1 and 2, and that's it, and his career might be done. You know, I'm not one of these cancel culture peoples, but if you're going to be a jerk and treat people unfairly, if there's any truth to this, just be honest. Because the thing is, you know, I, I, it's one of the things about Hollywood folks is I don't understand why they can't be honest and say that they're passionate about their art and sometimes they cross the line. It happens, man, because you're dealing with emotions. You know, if you're acting, sometimes, especially some of these folks are method actors, right? I'm not excusing nothing. I'm not excusing anything. But I know that some of these folks really get into roles and sometimes, same thing, actors, but also sometimes directors. You just really want your art to be good. And so sometimes it's frustrating. It's long hours. Um, sometimes you're away from your family for long periods of time. You're focused and concentrated. And truth be told, if you're like me, yeah, you work. But at the same time, you'd rather probably drink a beer, get on PS4, right? Watch a movie or two, you know, do what you can. Like, you know, I think that if, if people could, for the most part, just have crazy leisure time to just bullshit and have fun, they would do that. So the thing is, the art of film takes a lot out of you so you know I, I wish they would just be honest and apologize and just be honest about that yeah they probably did some things that isn't really good but it is what it is and just apologize that's all you got to do just apologize say that this happened and we're going to move forward and that's it that's uh, if Joss Whedon did that if this is all allegedly true if Joss Whedon did that I would forgive the man because damn it I have to forgive the man you know I still get goosebumps just thinking of the Avengers, the first movie where they all come together as a group as the Avengers after the Hulk, you know, turns into the Hulk and then punches that big giant flying thing. You know, that 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 soundtrack bumping and all of them are basically formed. You know, I still get goosebumps and chills from just thinking about that. And I'm such a nerd and a geek that I literally well, I've already, you know, uh, admitted that I've listened or watched the uh, the uh the trailer for the Batman almost 20 times at this point, right? But I, I literally, I'll go to clips on YouTube and just watch some of my favorite scenes in movies, like, you know, comic book movies every once in a while. So I'm the kind of guy that does stuff like that. So 
it, you know, I, I'm never going to completely, you know, Josh Whedon would literally have to be like, I don't know, a Satan worshiper who kills and eats a baby in Times Square. You know, he would have to literally do something like that for me not to be able to forgive the guy. So if any of this happened, I just wish they would just move forward, just apologize. And just that's all you got to do, man. I'm not for just cancel culture. But at the same time, if you know you're treating people like crap, just be honest. Just say, I'm sorry. Yeah, I probably was a little bit out of line. I don't get it. You know, there's something about Hollywood where these dudes are just so full of damn pride. But the thing is, most people will forgive you if you just come out and just be honest. You know, it's a PR nightmare. But at the same time, people are very forgiving if you at least come clean with it. That's all I got. So, interesting little side story with Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers. And, you know, it's only going to, I think it's going to keep going on. But uh, they really want to appease the brother. You know, I know they promised him a long time ago under different management that they were going to give him his own solo movie. He's a great actor. You know, Ray Fisher is not a, a bad actor. I mean, he was pretty great. And I think in all the stuff, I mean, Batman vs. Well, he, you know, he wasn't really in Batman vs. Superman. But in Justice League, I thought the scenes he was in, and I'm I'm very happy to know, and from what I've seen it, they're going to have a lot more of him in the uh, Snyder Cut. So I think that's pretty cool. Put together a good script. And give this man a movie. That's all I'm going to say. That's how you appease the brother. Show him the money. There you go. Alright, so <laughs> let me move on to my next topic. Right? RoboCop Returns. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you all something. There are certain movies that no matter what type of mood you're in you know whatever you got going on everybody has that one movie that they have either a physical copy of or at this point a digital copy and i can tell you right now no matter what's going on in my life if i got free time and i'm just bored i literally could turn on robocop the original movie either robocop one or robocop two either one of those but mostly robocop the original and even if I don't watch the whole movie, I can usually watch like parts of it, maybe even the whole movie. And it's just super enjoyable, even 30 something plus years later. It's crazy how rewatchable that movie is. Not as good the second one, it's not as good as the first one, but then all the other movies. You know, you got Robocop 3, and there's like a couple of uh, made for TV Robocop movies that came out on the sci fi channel like in the early 2000s. Uh, I think it's RoboCop Prime Directives or something like that. But the thing is, they have this project, and this is a new trend in Hollywood, right? Where a lot of times they're doing these movies and they're just completely saying, forget the other crappy sequels even happened, right? So they're doing that now with RoboCop, you know, because they did it with Halloween, the, the recent one with Jamie Lee Curtis. It worked. It did very well, and they're working on another one, Okay. And then they tried it with Terminator Dark Fate, but Terminator Dark Fate is, they've been trying to do good Terminator movies for a minute now, and it just hasn't worked. I think the franchise has kind of played out because they tried it with Terminator Dark Fate, and I mean, the movie wasn't completely horrible, but it's just, damn, man. All I can say is nobody showed up, and I was shocked because the movie was not that damn bad. It was pretty good, but nobody showed up for the damn thing. So as far as I know, I mean, you know, and the thing is, you know, and I don't want to get too off topic because I'm going to stick with RoboCop. But the thing about it is this is a trend. And um, so, yeah, it's a trend, but sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. But that's what they're doing with RoboCop. Now, I'm not really sure if RoboCop Returns is going to be. Um, there, there was some speculation and talk about Peter Weller returning. 
Now, Peter Werler is, he's in his like 70s now. I think he's like 72 or 73. So ain't no way in hell he's going to put on that, that, that suit. But what I was hearing was that they were going to probably do like a little uh, de-aging CG type deal. And he would just be the voice, which I think that would have been pretty cool. Because he's got a pretty unique voice. And you know what? I thought his voice was pretty good. I really liked him. And, you know, he was the voice of Batman in the uh, Batman The Dark Knight Returns animated series. There was part one and two. I liked him in those. He was pretty good. I liked his voice. And um, so the idea behind this is I'm not even sure if it's just a direct sequel to the first RoboCop. Part two wasn't that bad to me, but apparently what they're doing is, you know, the original screenwriters, because I didn't even know this. I mean, I looked into this a little bit and this is something I didn't know. Apparently, Mark, um, uh, Mark Miller. Oh, no, excuse me. Frank Miller. All right. This is the guy that wrote the Dark Knight Returns series. Okay. So Frank Miller and another guy that, you know, his name escapes me at the moment, but apparently they became the screenwriters for the, the second movie. And so RoboCop Returns was supposed to be, you know, the, the guys who are currently writing this screenplay for this movie, they were supposed to have this idea way back then. And this was originally their idea was supposed to be RoboCop 2, but then they got replaced. And so it was Frank Miller and, the, and uh, his writing partner. But, I mean, it's pretty interesting. But the thing is, you know, after the failure of that RoboCop 2, that 2014 reboot attempt, I don't know if it's completely impossible for RoboCop to work again. Because the thing is, you know, if you look at RoboCop Returns, there's a lot of stuff that I think is super relevant today. I mean, if you look at America in general, and I'm not, this is not a political show, but you have to be living under an effing rock if you cannot see the absolute political, corporate, can, just, just corruption that exists in our government in the United States of America right now. All right. So there are so many parallels for the stuff that the director was trying to say in the first one. Then you could actually see that now because there's massive poverty on a massive scale right now. Political corruption is through the roof. I mean, we just basically gave away the farm and said, hey, corporations are now people according to the Supreme Court. And it's like, huh? I mean, my laptop is on. And so is it a damn person? You know, it's, it's a part of uh, well, let's see what corporation was this uh, product? I guess, I don't know, it's got Windows software. So is my laptop a person because it's a part of Windows Microsoft Corporation? I mean, of course not, right? But that's the world we're living in now. So my thing is, I think a lot of the stuff that was relevant in the first RoboCop would work now. In fact, you know, they don't want to talk too much about it because they don't want to give away, you know, the entire story. But it looks like what is going to happen is, you know, the violence is through the roof. There's crazy amounts of political and corporate corruption with OCP. So then I guess RoboCop was taken offline. And so they're, they basically bring them back. They're going to use the original RoboCop suit, which I think is kind of cool. But at the same time, I'm thinking that, you know, now you want everything to be like the original, right? And I guess that makes sense. But one thing as an adult I can say about a big giant cyborg in a battle suit is that one thing they got right to me in the first or the reboot in 2014. And um, this, this is what I think. This is what I think they got right. Robocop was actually able to run and move. 
which makes sense because if you got this battle cyborg, um, you literally could walk your happy ass away or run away from Robocop. And how the hell is he going to catch you unless he just shoots you in the back or something? Which, I mean, hell, it was the 80s, and he probably would have done that. <laughs> you know? He probably would have got down like that. Don't move, creep. And then, you know, he'd do his little Robocop standing and move. You know, you would see the little target down, and then some asshole is trying to run, and then he shoots him in the ass, literally in the right ass cheek. Ah, <laughs> oh, he shot me in the butt. Now, you probably wouldn't even do that shit. It was Robocop. Them, them damn movies were violent. You saw what he did with that dude in the, uh, what, that chick. They were trying to rape that chick. And then he, like, basically shot the chicks um, through the dress and then shot the dude in the in the, in the the D. I mean, that's epic violence from RoboCop, right? So one thing that was cool about the original RoboCop movies is the over-the-top violence. So if they can do over-the-top violence like that but still have some cool drama with the whole, you know, Alex Murphy not completely remembering who you are but still knowing that you are that person and those memories are still there if they can play around with some of that and then also have a pretty cool bad guy which is essentially ocp but also maybe they have some other new cyborg that'd be pretty cool so i think it, if it if it's done well and they can get a good director they definitely have the you know the writers of the original robocop so they weren't even the screenwriters for the second one but they were in the first one, and the first one was great. So if they can have these dudes in writing the script, and then I heard they got a different director. I'm not sure who that is. Um, they had at one point the uh, guy from, um, um, what's that dude's name? Um, I forget the old dude's name. You know, let me look that up, too. Let me, let me, let me look this up. What is this dude's name? Uh, let me see here. It was a District 9 director. So I'm going to look this up. District 9. Whoops. Typed it up wrong. Yeah. There we go. Let me see. District 9. Who is the director? Blumcast or something. What's this dude's name? Some, something Blum. Right? Something Blum. I'm on IBM, whatever. You know what? All right, look. My OCD is kicking in, but I, I'll have to let it go. All right, but anyway, he was a director. And at one point, he was actually, uh, he, he stepped out in 2019. But, you know, the thing is um, with this dude, he, um, the funny thing about him, you know what? Here it is. No, nope, no, nope, I take that back. No, that's not him. I thought I found a damn thing. Oh, you know what? Here it is. Yeah, Neil Blomkamp. Blumcam, Blemcom, I'm probably jacking it up. But, you know, he did District 9. And the thing is, with, you know, if you know anything about his movies, you know, he, he District 9 was great. But what ended up happening was that he's got a string of these different movies he's did that, you know, haven't really been that great. Chappie was, I'm not going to say it's god-awful, but it wasn't great. And then there was also, um, what's another movie he did? He did um, Elysium. I ain't, you know, honestly, I'm, I kind of like Elysium. It's not completely horrible. It had Matt Damon in it, right? But it just, look, man, it's just, it's a fact. It's a failure of a movie. It didn't work. So something that he's got to do, and I think that's part of the reason why he had to step away from this project is, truth be told, I think what ended up happening is they probably told him, like, hey, look, man, why don't you go back to writing your own original stories and, you know, maybe get your feet wet again? 
because they're trusting him with major projects because this isn't his first project that he's had to, you know, an idea for. Because he has this thing where he did his original story, um, the um, District 9, which was great. And then I'm not sure if he did chap, he directed it, but it wasn't his original idea from my understanding. So it just, it failed. Anytime he's ever done a movie that is a franchise that gets away from his original ideas and movies and concepts, they haven't worked for him. Because he was actually going to do a, a reboot, not, not a, re, a complete reboot, but he was going to do a, an alien, uh, a, a fifth alien film. But then Ridley Scott came along and said, I wanted to actually do my, it was Prometheus. And then he went on and he did Alien Covenant. So they basically scrapped the idea of an Alien 5. So the thing is, he was supposed to direct, but now they got somebody else. And so I'm not going to say the project didn't happen because, you know, we don't know yet. We really don't know. But I tell you what, I'm not against the idea of there being another Robocop movie because um, if it's got the original screenwriters for the first one, because you can see the quality was, it, I liked part two, but you can definitely see that the quality was not as good as the first one. So if you got these original guys and they have their new, their, their original idea and just streamlined and changed a little bit with the director, I think this could be a good potential movie. Now it's still in the wind. We don't know if it's going to work or not, but I'm willing to give it a shot, right? So we'll see. Okay, so topic number five. And you know what? Yeah, this is getting a little long. So look, I, I, I say a lot of things, but guess what? The review of The Boys, episode five, season two. This is going to be my last thing I'm talking about, and I'm, I'm done. I, I'm, I, I don't know. PS4 is a calling, right? You know, Soda Pop is a calling. Because, you know, I just got through playing this. Um, I, I'm going to say this. I got through playing Days Gone for the first time. I don't know why... I never got a chance to play this game because I'm a gamer. I like games, but at the same time, I am busy. But I played Days Gone for the first time, and I love that damn game. It's a pretty good story, and just the, the activities were pretty cool. And so I just got through playing that damn thing. But So what I'm in now is um, I'm thinking about getting this Avengers, you know, because the game is out now. I'm thinking about getting the Avengers game. Um... It looks okay from some of the stuff I saw. The graphics seem cool. I'm not really sure how things are on story mode. But um, I might look at some reviews. But um, who knows. I might, I'm might. i considering buying that. Downloading that and playing that. So hell. I might. Truth, truth be told. This might be the last show I do for like three or four weeks. Well no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm just lying. <laughs> I ain't going to be that damn into it. You know but um. I wouldn't mind getting into an epic game for a while. And so that has a pretty cool story from what I've seen. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm about, I'm going to do this show, edit it up, and then I'm probably going to get that download, that Avengers game. So, yeah, let me talk about this, though. So episode five, season two of The Boys. All right, let's go ahead and talk about it. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and talk about episode five of the boys season two so i gotta say man i um i'm really digging this show i i always have to start off with that and if the show completely goes off the rails and becomes like something really crazy then you know of course i'm gonna say that i'm not gonna just be you know one of these dudes that just loves the show just to love it Nah, if it starts to suck i'm gonna let you know but my thing is this what I'm seeing in this episode is pretty cool, and um, it's starting to get into some of the stuff in the, um, well, 
without spoiling anything, because what I'll probably do on my next show, honestly, is I'll probably do spoiler talk, right? And then what I'm going to do uh, from there, once you do the spoiler talk of episodes one through four, and in fact, you know what? I might do a spoiler talk of episodes one through five next next show, and then I'll do a review of episode six, all right? But um, here's what I think of the show so far. You know, you saw the way all the different characters are evolving, right? Because you see that there was a scene that, now you'll, if you watch the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. There is a scene that it shocked the hell out of me at first. And I was thinking, this can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be real. Because basically what happened was, um, without giving completely the scene away, um, something Homelander does is a big deal and it's caught on film. And being the egotistic, you know, egotistical maniac that he is, he doesn't think it's a big deal. I mean, he does hate that his popularity is dropping, right? And so the thing is, he's offered help from Stormfront because her big thing is, you know, she's a vlogger, right? She's kind of a troll, and so she has a following. And so she knows how to manipulate a popular opinion. So she's offering to help him. And, of course, he's like, I don't need no help from no one. You already saw what he did, too. Uh, honestly, Doppelganger is in this season. And if you're paying attention to the show, you know what he does to Doppelganger. All right? I'm going to just leave it at that. But um, Homelander does something that, for a minute, I'm thinking there's no way this is, could be happening because this is only the second season. And then it turns out, you know, um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I won't spoil it. I will just say that it shocked the living crap out of me when I was watching it. So it's very interesting. And I think, like I said, I love the direction they're going with Homefront. Or excuse me, us, um, Homelander. And the thing is, the reason that I like it so much is because they're showing his descent into madness. Because think about this. This is a guy who the public opinion of him is completely and totally controlled and manipulated, Right. So he has this thing where they, there's this persona where, you know, the world loves him. And so the thing is, he loves being loved. And the thing is, you know, even if it's false love, because, you know, the popularity and love that a lot of times people give to celebrities is not real because a celebrity screws up. And then if that celebrity doesn't apologize and he's a unforgiving, he or she is an unforgiving jerk off. Right. Then what happens is it changes things, you know, because you can be forgiven if you at least admit, yeah, I screwed up. Right. But the thing is, Homelander's ego just it breaks him to some extent. And you just see how it affects him in this because he loves the idea of being loved. And he doesn't like the idea of he's not number one in popular opinion when it comes to the seven. So I think that aspect of the show is really, really cool. And I love this, what they're doing with him. And then there's the, um, you know, the butchers thing. So you see what happened in the last episode, season, excuse me, episode four, right? Where his wife, he's trying to find his wife and he finds her. And then you see how that scenario went because what was interesting about this show is I like the fact that because it's not just the comic book, they have to change things to adapt that uh, from the comic book to television. And because they change things up a little bit, because, you know, in the comics, his wife is dead in the show. She's alive. So the fact that they change things up as far as his dynamic and the fact that there's a kid involved, I really love the direction they're going with that because they're starting to get into some of the reasons why the butcher is who he is. And so they're kind of going into comic book lane. And so they're kind of revealing a few things. And um, what's very interesting, too, because, you know, you see there's a mention of his family and there's it kind of explains this kind of weird thing he has where he likes Huey. 
but he's kind of playing the tough guy. And he doesn't want to explain, you know, he's trying to be a hard ass to Huey. But the thing is, it kind of goes into that relationship a little bit. There's, um, there's Huey reminds um, Butcher of someone that he cared about in his life. All right. I won't reveal who that is. I'll just say that that's why he's so, you know, kind of pushing him aside because this person was special to him. And so Huey kind of reminds of that person. So he kind of plays a tough guy role, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where he cares a little bit. He's not a completely heartless bastard. And so I like that they're exploring that because, you know, with human beings, even the toughest of the tough, we're not all cruel because, I mean, think about this. Even mobsters, right, who could probably burn you at the stake and put tires around your body and, you know, burn your ass up, right? You know, some of the, some of the stuff that cartels do, right? Or, you know, they'll put you, you know, somewhere and you know I, like i seen this show right i was watching rewatching csi recently and there was an episode where this this uh hollywood agent dude had basically um what happened was the the the, the guy was a mafia connected uh, the, a mob connected guy in vegas and what happened was he overcharged these dudes and they only got a couple of bottles and he was thinking okay maybe eight hundred dollars a thousand dollars they pay you know charge him the ten thousand dollars so he's like i ain't paying this they pulled the dude, you know, the owner's side, and he's like, I, I ain't paying this. It's too much. We only got five bottles. Man, they did some mild, some, 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 some gangster shit on his ass. They pulled him in the back and said, you need to make a choice. He pulled out this big-ass razor blade and said, I'm cutting something. And he pulled the blade to his private area, and then he put it to his face and said, you choose. Of course, the dude chose, you know, his face. And so the thing is, that's kind of the stuff you see in the, 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 the show here, right? Because the thing is, you got, um, you know, this deal where basically you got a choice to make, you know? And that's some really gangster stuff there. But, um, yeah, but the thing is, what you see is that essentially Butcher is able to do what he's able to do, but he's not a completely heartless bastard, right? And the thing is, when it comes down to gangsters, like, you know, gangsters can do all the stuff I just mentioned, right? Basically give you a choice of chopping off your private areas, right? Your dingus, as we'll call it. <laughs> or, and, and the thing is, they'll torture people, do all this horrible stuff. But what do you always see in these gangster mob type movies, right? They have tight family bonds. And that's how human beings are. So the butcher is not completely evil, all right? He, he's like... He does his thing, but he cares a little bit, all right? So it's very interesting to see them get into the, his motivations. And uh, also as far as um, um, they're trying to basically, yeah, and I will say this too, um, going back into this exploration of, um, it's funny what they're doing to kind of, um, Maeve is essentially, you know, if you watch the show, she's being basically tortured by a homelander because um, it's been revealed and Homelander is the one that did this. And, you know, this might be a little bit spoilery, but, you know, hopefully not too much for those. If you don't want to know about too much of this, I'm trying not to spoil too much, but it kind of will ruin some of it if I don't talk a little bit. So I'm going to give you a little bit. I'm just going to say that Maeve has beef with Homelander. And the thing is, the reason why she can't really just be openly, you know, I guess either gay or, you know, uh, bisexual or whatever is because homelander and him had her her had a relationship at one point which it was revealed in the last season right but the thing is she can't have a relationship with anyone else because the homelander is an egomaniac and a lot of times anyone that she takes as a lover someone that she maybe tries to have feelings for 
they end up dead and she knows it's him and so the thing is homelander is basically torturing her because he revealed you know in the last episode of course that she was a lesbian woman and so what's interesting is that Maeve has concocted a plan that has something to do with the deep the deep ones back in the seven so badly that he's trying to do crazy crazy you know this, this whole idea of he joined it joined this new cult religion thing he married somebody and uh, it's all meant to just get him back to the seven so i won't reveal exactly all the details i'll just say this that Maeve is coming up with a way to try to bring down the homelander this is going to be really interesting to see how that all turns out because you know um she's got dirt on the entire group and so in the comic books, you know, what happens is Maeve is one of the characters that actually plants cameras and is leaking information to the boys, right? And so it's going to be interesting to see if they play that angle on the show where she's trying to bring down Homelander because she thinks he's an evil scumbag, right? So that's pretty cool. And then there's the stuff with A-Train, you know, because the thing is, if you watch this show, right, they do this thing where it's a publicity stunt, right? So they create these movies and tv shows and all this different stuff for all some of the different heroes under the vault industries and so they're working on this movie called i think it's the dawn of the seven and so they have this scene where basically because a train it's been revealed you know that, that, that basically um a train has his heart condition and the homelander knows about it so it looks like they're trying to push him out of the show now right so i'm i will say this it will be interesting to see what happens moving forward with a train because all the group is starting to become a little bit disgruntled starlight of course because you know she, she's the new member of the group she you know she's not pure evil neither is queen Maeve, to be honest all right because you saw she tried to prevent you know do something to help save those people for, that homelander basically let die and then there's um I, I'm I'm really digging A Train's story because even though yes he killed his girlfriend and that's horrible, but the thing is, everybody has a point of view, and I like that about this show because the thing is, what he did was he killed her and it was horrible, but there's a reason he did it. Everyone is terrified of Homelander, and um, I will will say this: some of the stuff moving forward that you see with um, like this Black Noir. You see that he actually discovers, well, he actually finds out where the butcher is, right? So he actually catches up with the boys and butcher. And then you know, what happens is um, they um, have this little showdown between the, uh, the Black War. And um, I think that was pretty cool because it was eventually something was going to happen to where, you know, they would eventually find him because, you know, butcher's on the run. But it's like Butcher's doing this whole I'm going to sacrifice myself thing because he's feeling depressed and bad because at first he was just going to quit and leave, right? But then, you know, they all try to convince him, Mother Milk and, you know, Huey, to stay because, you know, the thing is they're all having to fight for something other than what they're used to now because their lives were taken away from them because of, you know, basically being disavowed by the U.S. government because, you know, Vault Industries is in bed with the U.S. government to try to use those, you know, soups for you know war efforts and things overseas so i mean it's really cool stuff that they're digging with you know and the thing is um the original writer of this stuff that this is based on garf ennis i think that's how you say it it's garf ennis ennis i'm i hope i'm not butchering the man's name but from my understanding i was looking at some stuff about him is 
I like the way the show is going because his thing is he hates superheroes, apparently, from some interview I was saying, I was seeing once. And the thing is, he liked the idea of changing that genre to something that's more realistic because these are imperfect beings who are basically godlike with powers. So what if they are really just, you know, people who have these powers and abilities and, you know, it basically messes with their egos and they're like everyone else. So imagine people with super, imagine if everyone on the earth had superpowers, right? How crazy and devastating would that be? It's almost just think of the X-Men scenario. If there really were mutants, you know half of them are going to be decent people. And you know the other half are going to abuse their powers. So I like the direction they're going with this because, um, yeah, it's dark. Some of the stuff that happens is different characters that use their abilities and powers. But it's kind of realistic because if you think about this, you got a mega corporation that is paying these people and controls almost every aspect of their existence. Yeah, there's going to be some blowback sometimes. People are going to sometimes die if superheroes are involved because the thing is, it's not as if these folks are, you know, training from the time they're born or whatever. You know, some of them are. But the fact is, you know, if they screw up, then a corporation basically covers up a lot of this stuff because they're trying to make billions of dollars a year based on their superheroes. Right. You know, they do mer movies and merchandising. So I, I love this show. I, I love that this show is covering all that. And um, yeah, so that's my review of episode five. I mean, I'm still digging this show. I hope moving forward and this would be so damn devastating to me i hope they do more than eight episodes last season to me what what amazon does is i think they introduce shows like like another show like a, a uh, amazon is the tick the tick only has six episodes and i was wanting a lot more and then when the show came back you know i love the tick same thing here they give you the first couple episodes and then you go to, uh, to weekly every friday right i'm hoping they do at least 12 to 13 episodes this season because it's obvious people love the show please give me more than eight episodes that would really suck hell i'd be okay with 10 but eight if they just stick with that that would suck so all right that's the review for episode five guys now i want to get into something that and this is something i'm going to do moving forward for pretty much this rest of this season you know not not every character but offshoots you know of the mainly the seven and i'll probably stop once i go through all of the seven you know at least the ones that are like dc characters because that's what it is a lot of these characters are pretty much based on dc characters right so for this i'm ending the show with a train versus the flash and i'm gonna get into why i think a train he has his abilities right that are flash like but i'm gonna get into why i think in the end it could go 50 50 but mostly in the flash's favor but a train you can't count him out because he does have some very unique powers being a um member of the seven and just being a speedster in the boys universe so let me go into some of his abilities and strength i mean the obvious one is that he has super strength and also super 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 speed speed is what he's mostly named known for but the thing is he has a little bit of invulnerability that all supers have in the boys universe that are born and then you know as children exposed to compound b and so he has that speed and he's damn near as fast as the, I would say, as the Flash, except for the fact that he does not have the ability to basically access the Speed Force because they don't have any version of that in the Speed Force. Everything's based on Compound V, so it's limited. So, but the thing is, he has a bit of invulnerability because of the fact that even Starlight, any super who is born has the ability to be somewhat invulnerable and bulletproof. 
So he has that working for him, plus the speed. Of course, the speed is incredible. But also, he has strength that comes from compound B. But also, if he overdoses and uses the compound B, I mean, there was already the stuff that was put in his veins as a child, right? But then if you use that as an adult, it gives him even more. He, to me, as an adult, he already has five times normal strength of regular humans. But then when you take in the fact that he also is a, a you know a user of compound V and uses it like regularly, I'm not sure if he's still using it now because you know the thing is he had a heart attack in season one, right? But I you know I haven't seen any sign that he's still using this stuff now. But what's happened is it's his affect his heart. But if he were to go, I mean you've seen the the, the the speed, right? So the speed is always there. But of course he has the strength, which is five to ten times that of normal people. I mean. Most likely, when he's just basically healing up, like if he gets injured, I'm assuming he probably has the ability to heal pretty fast because of the fact that he is a super. But when he takes, um, and I'm not sure how fast he does heal. I know this, the Flash, depending on how much you know um, punishment he takes, you know, the Flash has the ability to heal pretty fast within you know a reasonable amount of time as well. But he is still vulnerable because of the fact that depending on if he's fighting another speedster. And that dude has ten to, you know, five to ten times normal strength. This is where A Train could probably take down the Flash. But I'm gonna get into the Flash and why I think he would win. Because here's the thing. A Train, you saw how fast he healed up, right? He has that superhuman strength because of the fact that he take, you know, the, the compound V enhances the speed and the strength that he already has, right? So he was actually strong enough to be pulling a train car after he received a major injury. Uh, where he got his leg hurt to enough to where a bone was sticking out. You saw that in season one. So I'm going to say that if he were to have the ability, because I think the Flash ultimately is still a little bit faster than him, but they have comparable uh, abilities because of the fact that, you know, he could basically plow through somebody with his speed, right? You saw how he did that to Robin in season one, you know, Huey's girl. But not only that, he has strength. So if he were to get his hands on the Flash, I think that there's a possibility that he could be defeated. And if he were to even kill the Flash, I'm going to get into that because here's the thing. Here's the one thing that the Flash has an advantage. It's always going to be his speed. But also the fact that he has access to the one thing that you don't see any equivalent of that in the boys' universe is the speed force. So the thing is, now that is a disadvantage to him in the fact that, you know, it's hard to uh, overcome the, the, the speed and the strength of A-Train. Because speed alone, but if somehow he were to get, you know, if A-Train got his hands on him, you know, this isn't some normal, you know, thing that you would have to, you know, basically overcome. This is a guy who's five or ten times stronger, and if he's on compound V, yeah, he could probably put some serious hands on the Flash and maybe even kill him. But because... He has access to the Speed Force. Here are some things that are possible with the Speed Force. The Flash has access to the Speed Force and time travel. And it's even possible, you know, you've seen this in different versions of the comic book and maybe not so much in television, but definitely in, um, well, no, that's not true. You, you kind of, they kind of covered that a little bit with Earbart Thong, Thrawn, uh, the reverse Flash, how in one season, you know, he, he had died, of course, but then you'll see that he's still around in the Flash, you know, in the show. There's different versions of him at different times. And then there's also uh, echoes of speedsters. Sometimes a speedster at the point of death 
has the ability to vibrate his body. I'm not a scientist or anything, but you know, keep in mind this is all fiction. It ain't real. But they have the ability to create um, a way to do some kind of super healing for themselves to where it would appear that they're dying. But what happens is you can't see the fact that they can still slow down time and space around them and move so fast that they've essentially created an echo of themselves, right? And because of that, you can also, something else the Flash can do is he can create these speed echoes, right? And if there's more than one version of him that exists in time and in the same space, right? Then what happens is those two echoes or even multiple echoes of himself can exist and actually help him in a fight against A-Train. And then what will happen is, this is the, 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 the part that really sucks, is that sometimes this could cause chaos in the Speed Force because if one of those people dies, right, this version of the Flash that might not be an echo, but instead it's because it's time manipulation, right? What happens is this is a completely, totally different person that has been created, and if that person dies, that echo can create some kind of havoc in the Speed Force. And here's why that's a problem. That's a problem because what if this happens while the Flash is having this fight with A-Train? Because what will happen is if you manipulate the time stream, there's these little creatures called time wraiths that exist, right? And you've seen this in the Flash TV show. Like, you know, whenever he's kind of messed around with time, then there's these little wraiths that exist because they don't want any manipulation of the time stream, right? So the Speed Force is what's used to access time and space in the multiverse. So... If you're trying to change things and screw things up, then what happens is they show up. And if they show up while he's in a fight with A-Train, that could cause a problem. But not only that, I just mentioned that the Flash has the ability to, you know, any kind of speedster, if they move fast enough, then they have the ability to basically um, prevent their death. But then there is something that's happening to the Speed Force. It's being manipulated. So then you have another figure that shows up, the Black Flash. The Black Flash is a character that basically exists in DC that this is the Grim Reaper of speedsters, okay? So if you're doing any kind of weird stuff and you're basically at the point of death and then you're doing things to prevent death, then what happens is the Grim Reaper himself of the of speedsters shows up and tries to take you to the source. The source of all speedsters' powers is the speed force. So if he finds out and can sense that you're dying, then his job is to take you, you know, to basically take you away like the Grim Reaper, right? So if any of this were to happen while the Flash is having a fight with A-Train, it would cause problems for the Flash. But it doesn't change the fact that the Flash does have, you know, if, if he can just cause enough damage to A-Train, then what can happen is, honestly, I think that the Flash does have the ability to kill A-Train pretty easily, actually. Because the thing is, he can go back to the past stop himself and if he does die you know get prevent himself from dying and then go back to the past and then yeah there'll be consequences but then he still will have the ability to take down a train because when you think about it a train even though they're um you know he has his abilities or whatever you also have to keep in mind too that if a train and a flash are going back and forth depending on if he's actually using you know if, if a train is using compound v and he exerts himself too much he could risk having another heart attack so this is why I'm going to say that I think the Flash, who has multiple more abilities than A-Train, would end up winning. But it's a close tie. It's really close because if the Flash is hit with any one of A-Train's blows, I mean, speed plus power, it could be devastating to him. Because, you know, I'll, I'll give you this, that the, uh, the Flash, 
has fought in, you know, guys who are stronger than him. Like, you know, he's fought Gorilla Grodd in the show and in the comics, but also um, he's fought King Shark. And one thing he had to do was he had to move so fast that in order to generate enough power to attack, he basically had to generate a crazy amount of speed. So I'm not sure if the A-Train is that powerful, but, you know, it's something that, the you know, the Flash might have to do. And keep in mind, even he have, can be, you know, exert himself. So if he's exerting himself too much, then there's a possibility that A-Train could win. But for the most part, I think that, yeah, the compound V thing, especially when what happened in the last season, um, we, you know, he's, he's not really the same. Will he ever recover? That's an interesting part of the show that I want to see because I like that they're going into the dynamic of, you know, that's one of A-Train's biggest deals on the show is the idea of him getting older and losing his abilities to other speedsters. So that's why he uses Compound B in the first place. But it has devastating consequences for him. So that's pretty much it, guys. I, I say Flash would win, but it would be really, really close if A-Train is able to connect with any type of major damage with his strength and his speed combined all right guys so that's it for this show you know um keep in mind i'm gonna always be talking about these things um at some point i'm gonna get into <laughs> um black noir versus batman um this is gonna be a tough one guys i gotta really figure that one out because black noir has powers versus superman i mean excuse me batman Batman is just a normal guy who technically, if he knows what's going on and he plans for it, he has the ability to defeat you. But if he's just going one on one with, uh, <laughs> with with that dude, unless he has one of those you know power Iron Man suits that he sometimes makes, and I say Iron Man because the fact is, that's the only way to think about it is whenever Batman creates some kind of super suit, it's usually the best way to compare it to is Iron Man. So he's DC's based DC's Iron Man, except most of the time he doesn't use a suit. I'm going to be covering him, Batman versus Black Noir at some point. May not be the next show, but definitely one of the next two. And then um, Queen Maeve. I got to make a decision. Queen Maeve versus um, Wonder Woman. So I'm going to be covering that as well. I'm not sure if it's going to be next show. I mean, it's, I'm, it's up in the air because I like the idea of doing both of those. I think I have to prepare a little bit more to do a um, A-Train. No, excuse me. A uh, Black Noir versus... Um, Batman to be honest because um there's factors that would make Batman the winner but I can't completely give it to him and so I might honestly I might have to say it ahead of time I'm doing a little research but because of the fact that he's just a superhuman I think Black Noir could beat him I mean just keeping it 100 so I'll do a little research and I'm not gonna say who I think is gonna win yet because I, I want to just kind of do a compare and contrast like I do <laughs> in these other ones but that's it for this show guys um do me a favor. If you like this content, right, um, you can actually see me on, um, you can check out some of my YouTube stuff. I'm actually trying to make it a habit of posting more stuff on YouTube. So you can follow me on YouTube. That's Mr. Jones Speaks. Um, I'm on Twitter. That's CalJones29. Um, Instagram, you know, uh, just type up Mr. Jones Speaks, right, on Instagram, you know. And um, I'm going to be putting together a podcast and even a group for the show. So all you got to do is just look up either the group or even the Facebook page for uh, um, either on Facebook. You can check me out on the uh, the Facebook page. That's Mr. Jones Speaks. Or you can also check me out on um, the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast uh, Facebook page and group. So I'm going to be setting those up. 
Alright guys, but do me a favor. If you like the show, give me a thumbs up and review. Tell me what you think. If you think I need to improve some stuff, that's cool. Just let me know. And uh, that's it, guys. So, till next time, stay, ge stay geeked up and freaked out and classy. Have a nice day. Till next time, I'm out. Later.